Welcome to the Church Times podcast. Where are all the young people? The statistics in the Church of England are stark. Across the country, the average C of E church has just three children attending, and the smallest 25% have none at all. At the Christian Resources exhibition last month, the Church Times Live event brought together a panel of youth workers to talk about this. Ali Campbell, who runs the Resource Youth Work Consultancy, Savannah John Layton, youth leader at St John's Hoxton in London, and Polly Baker, who works as a youth worker on a council estate. The session was chaired by Madeline Davies. There's lots to read in this week's Church Times. Our news includes Christian responses to the budget, the Oxford Diocesan pastoral strategy on LGBTI plus people, and Hattie Williams reports from Nairobi, where she's with CMS. In comment, there's a plea for no more action songs in church. Angela Tilby assesses the attraction of Coral Evensong, and Paul Vallely considers the Jordan Peterson phenomenon. We've also got features on Mexican visual culture and the challenges and opportunities of being a clergy couple. Reviews include Professor John Barton on the last works of Old Testament scholar John Rogerson, Richard Harry's on mid-20th century Christian thinkers, and Philip Welsh reviews Lord Harry's own book, Haunted by Christ, about modern writers and the struggle for faith. You can read all this and much more by subscribing to The Church Times. Try 10 issues for £10. Go to churchtimes.co.uk slash subscribe. Yeah, so thank you to everyone for coming today. Since working at Church Times, um, I've reported on many quite gloomy stories, um, certainly statistically. Um, so in the C of E, for example, um, the average church has three children, and the smallest, 25%, have none at all. And overall decline in attendance appears to be almost twice as pronounced amongst children. Um, so the average attendance by children has, de- has um, fallen by 22% in the past 10 years, and that's compared with a 13% amongst adults. So the decline is sort of more precipitous amongst young people. Um, there are some good findings too. Um, so a recent survey by Comres um, found that half of young people agreed that they had a positive experience of Christians and Christianity, which was actually higher than many of the older age brackets. And Youth for Christ research has found that 32% of teenagers believed in God and about 60% of those um, considered themselves to be a Christian. Um, And many people have suggested to me while I've been researching young people that if we simply measure by attendance on a Sunday, that's quite a crude measure of teenagers' spirituality, which is something which I hope we explore in this session. Um, So I'm delighted to have three experts on our panel, and I'm going to ask them to introduce themselves, um, to talk a bit about their own background, whether they are part of that majority who grew up in church um, themselves and to answer a couple of questions which are one does the lack of young people in our churches constitute a crisis and two if they could make one change to the church that's relevant to this debate what would it be so I hand over to Ali first thanks I think my name is Ali Campbell I work for myself as a youth and children's ministry consultant I've been doing youth work and children's work for 30 years I can't imagine doing anything else I guess for me, I did grow up in a Christian home and a church environment. Um, It was formative for me in terms of my understanding of faith and who God is um, and has shaped my view perhaps of the church. I grew up in a little Baptist church. Um, I've worked for a large Anglican church. I've worked for a diocese. And I guess across that whole piece, I've noticed, um, basically I'm 50 now, and uh, I'm still one of the youngest people in a room often when I go and talk to people about youth work. That can't carry on until I'm like 75 and I'm still one of the youngest. So we've got to change something. So I think definitely there is a problem. If I could change anything, it would be our ecclesiology. Because our ecclesiology is shaped around us gathering together in a space that's called the church, that is a building generally. 
and I would have us revisit what the household of faith means in the Bible, particularly the covenant started right from the Old Testament, carried on through, if you look at Paul's letters, to who he's writing when he writes his book uh, to the church in Rome, and in Corinth he's writing to people in their homes, and he celebrates the fact that the church is there being birthed in the home. And what we've done is turned it around, and our church is now this gathered place, and we need to invest in the home again if we're going to see the next generation thrive in their life in God. Uh, Hi, I'm Polly. I do youth work on an estate uh, with a church plant. I didn't grow up in church. Well, I went to church like every Sunday for until I was about six, not every Sunday. Um, And then um, I kind of drifted away. My parents weren't Christians, so... I'm kind of, I think I'm sort of like in the 9% of people who's, if your parents aren't Christians, but you end up in church. In terms of it being a crisis, um, like what Ali was saying, I think um, needing to get away from what, like the overall feeling we have ch- of, of what church is. Um, so if church is Sunday mornings um, and, and we're measuring the number of youth Christians just on on that attendance then um, I think it's like very wrong statistics so and I think I'm, I'm more worried about the number of young people who don't even know who Jesus is rather than like the number of them who are in church or not and if I had a magic wand I think it would um, look something about like how as youth workers or consultants we can work with churches to kind of encourage them as a church to go and do youth work um, so that you know, you don't just buy a youth worker in and they go off and do the youth work, but it's something that's done as part of a wider community. Hello, um, my name's Savannah. Um, I'm 24 and I'm a youth worker in Hoxton. I work for a church called St Anne's and I was always brought up in a church um, up until the age of about 14. I'd done the whole thing, serving, the shebang, tea and coffee, the whole shebang I did, yeah, up until the age of 14. And that was because of my parents and of my nan, and they were always became religious. But I always attended the Christian camp at the same time, up until, the, up until now, 24, I still go. But the one thing that I realised with my faith is that actually coming older as I got older it got easier and much more better for me and yeah if I could change one thing I would say it would be the worship I am definitely a music person I love music I love the organ I think the organ's great but I also like a bit of live music involved in church and worth worship as a whole so I'd say um, one thing that I would change is probably the worship for me so I'm going to ask each of our panellists one question and then we're going to open up to you guys and you can ask whatever you want. Um, my first question is for Ali and you touched on this earlier. You also wrote something for us which was one of our most read articles this year um, which is really the importance of parenting and the family. And I just wondered if you could say a bit more about that. I mean this for me is a positive so I know we're kind of sitting here thinking where are the children and there's, there is a crisis in terms of the church investing. But in terms of what's not changed, is parents still matter hugely to their children. That's true right across culture. That's not just as the church looks at it. That's every organisation that might do research about the value or the impact of parents. They have a massive influence on their children, whether that is for positive or negative reasons. Um, And what the church doesn't seem to do is capitalise on that in terms of how we're investing in equipping parents to disciple their own children. For me, that's the bit we're not doing. Um, It's rare that I go to church and hear somebody preach, and when they get to the application bit of their preach, they talk about, how does this, you know, we've talked about prayer today. What does this look like with your children? I've never heard that as a bit of application in a preach, ever. You know, what does this look like in front of your kids? What does this look like with your work colleagues or in the playground when you're talking to other parents, but not, 
what does this look like in front of your children? And we've got to start to say to parents, the primary responsibility for the spiritual nurture of your children is yours. Those for the parents that we have in the church, we have to be saying that better and more. And we, look, we need to look, if we're doing youth work, which I am, um, I'm a volunteer um, in my own church while still doing the work I do as a freelancer, but um, we need to be partnering with the home and see it as a partnership. And for too long, I think, parents have abdicated slightly and are expecting maybe the youth worker to do in half an hour what they're not doing the rest of the week. And we have to challenge that perception on both sides that somebody else is doing this. And we need to work better at coming together and looking at how we can nurture faith. I mean, the stats are, are quite stark around the influence of parents, particularly when it comes to faith being developed and grown. And they hugely matter. David Voas's research, which he did for the Church of England, um, he wrote uh, much of the stuff that went into Anecdote for Evidence, which those of us who've been doing youth work have known for a long time that if you want to see a growing church, uh, the best way to do that is to invest in a youth worker, because we're the best. Um, because that's what the evidence now says, which we knew all along in terms of lay ministry and its impact and its effectiveness. But that has to be in the context of partnering with the home. The other thing I guess I would challenge around what we do in church often is let's not compartmentalise who's doing ministry to what age group. Let's look at how we can be more holistic and have a child at the centre and then think, who is involved in the life of this child? How do we celebrate who they are and see them grow in faith? And let's all join in with that rather than think, well, the children's what happens over there. So they never see their parents worship, for example. So how do they know what that looks like if they never see their parents do it? And in lots of our churches, it's almost like the bigger they've got, the less they do stuff together. Because we have a whole children's programme, a whole youth programme. You know, kids need to see their parents worship and meet with God. And the parents need to have confidence about what that looks like in the home. How do they celebrate and share faith together? What's their own rhythm of life in the home around worship and prayer and Bible reading and whatever else they might do as a family that is, you know, their faith coming into their whole lives? Um, we've got to be able to do that better than we're doing it. Just to build on that slightly, when we were writing about young people for the Church Times, something which we heard from parents was this anxiety about nagging. And there were, there were also stories where I interviewed people who had left the church as teenagers and either come back or not come back. And um, one of the things that came across was that actually being pestered to come to church as a teenager could backfire. At the same time, um, there is this encouragement that it's sort of the onus is on, on parents to to bring their children to church. So I just wondered if you had thoughts on where the balance lies, because we know that teenagers sometimes do stop wanting to come. What, what do you do in that instance? Um, I've got a 10 and 13-year-old, uh, so I'm, I'm experiencing this myself in terms of as a parent. Um, at the moment, uh, my kids enjoy coming to church. They enjoy being part of the worshipping community. There's a real challenge around for those of us who... Uh, so my parents' generation, some of those that I talk to are feeling guilty that they haven't done more and are looking back. And that's not helpful. I think we all do what we do, and we all try our best. I think the challenge is to think about how do we journey with our children in a way that is authentic and real. So I think that's much easier to do than simply saying, come to church, or you're not really committed to God. I mean, we've already identified the fact that for many young people, that isn't necessarily the key place where their spirituality is going to develop and thrive and grow. So where are the spaces where it might how can we celebrate some of those things together? We spend quite a bit as a family in the countryside because we now live in Lancashire. 
So we're trying to get out into the trough of Bolan, which is just near us, and just experience a little bit of uh, God's creation together as a family. I see that as worship. I see that as part of our spiritual life together. Um, and we'll often pray on a hill just as a family. Just incidentally, we're not stepping into a holy space to do something that's different from the rest of our lives. And I think the challenge of thinking you've got to come to church is saying that's where God is, rather than actually modeling to our kids God is everywhere. He's with us right now. So let's pray about the day before we head out to school. Let's have a thankfulness chart that we all just write something on in the evenings that we're thankful for today, or whatever it might be that roots in the home, not in a other place that we go to. Yes, that's important to gather with other Christians, but it's not the place where I think faith is most likely to be growing and thriving in our young people. And Polly, I was hoping that you could share um, the best example that, that you can share with us of ministry with young people. So a really positive example of where you think it's working well. So in, in my context, we work on an estate. Um, a lot of the young people we work with are from unchurched backgrounds. Um, so probably about 70 to 80% of the young people I work with, their parents are not in church. Amazingly, they, they just turn up on a Sunday and come and join in. I mean, for, for me, in the work that I've done, a lot of it has been around like secular youth work, just spending time with these young people, building trust with them. I know when I first moved, so I do incarnational ministry, so I live on the estate that I work in. And right at the beginning, there was like a real distrust of like anything that I was, I was doing or setting up or starting because their, own, their experience of that would be that somebody would come in, do something, and then leave again. Um, so it's only been like two years in that, you know, for me, some of my greatest achievements is that, like, John down the road says hello to me when he walks past me now. So, like, there has been a real focus on, on building those relationships and positive relationships. In terms of, like, the Christian youth work, so, like, we've gone from, like, our, our secular drop-in youth club um, has now got people who come into our church youth club who are now coming along to a, a church small group for youth. Um, so I think it's, like, been over that time period a lot of hard work and a lot of prayer <laughs> that we've kind of seeing the fruits start to to come and what do you think their sort of perceptions of christianity or, or the church were so some people have sort of suggested that many young people actually have a blank slate so it's not necessarily hostility but they've had so little um engagement with the church that there's a blank piece of paper to start with i wondered what your sort of experience was um, I, I still wonder with some of them if they even know that it is church. To a lot of them, they still refer to it as Sunday club. Like every club we do on the estate, rather than it actually, well, it does have a name, but they always name it by what day of the week it is. Um, so Sunday club, and we meet in the community centre. We don't have a church building, so sun, church is Sunday club. But we've, we're providing like an environment where they can explore their faith and explore spirituality, um, where we do... Like a lot of it has been about experiences with God, so a lot of prayer, um, a lot of calling on the Holy Spirit, and and being like really creative in the ways that we engage with them, so that they start to kind of question and go, what 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 is this? The the youth I work with, they do join like the larger church congregation for worship, so you know, great joy in seeing them singing songs and 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 worshiping the Lord in that way. Um, and, and now with our small group, which we've only recently started, where we're kind of like starting to ask some of the deeper questions. So I'm hoping that like by this point, they're starting to get that this is sort of something to do with Jesus, but um, we're, we're still working on it. 
Um, and Savannah, could you um, talk a bit about perhaps a misconception that we have about young people in the church, anything that you think is widely misunderstood or that we're getting wrong in our understanding? Oh, um, in terms of um, getting it wrong in the sort of thing of like what's not going right in our churches, I've always found I'm from a high Anglican church, so we're very up there near to Catholics. And um, the one thing that we found before I started doing youth work there was that after Sunday school, there's no actual progression up until 18. You normally stick them in like serving or you stick them on the teas and coffee, a bit what they did with me. And in the end, I just left. I was like, bye, I ain't going to this church no more. And I just left. And the thing is, it's that break, I find, that is the misconception of what we need to be doing because we need to be enticing them to maybe even do leadership themselves or make, not enticing, but in the sense of like welcoming them, come and join Sunday school and actually lead a session for 10 minutes and take a section of the group out and like make them more involved because that was the thing that they didn't do with me and my church and I ended up just leaving finding another church and end up doing that for two years and again because I'm from um, my areas also not a lot of them are Christians like Polly said um, on Friday we found that a lot more non-Christians and some Christians were coming but it was majority non-Christians coming to our youth group but then on Sundays, you would find that there's a lot of people in church, but it'll be a lot of the younger generation because their grandmas, their moms, their nuns, whoever brought them to church to come and sit in Sunday school while the church goes in. And it touched up on yours, like the fact of actually not seeing their parents worship or seeing their parents like be a part of it is the hardest part. And also that sense of like that age bracket of like 14 to 18, they find well, my church, I don't know about everyone's church, but my church is quite boring. So, like, the organs, the hymns that they don't know, and everyone's sitting there, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, don't know none of the words, but they're, mm -hmm, they drop out, and sermons, as I got older, I was 14, I found church boring. I sat in a sermon, and I'd be, like, on my nan's shoulder like this. And it would be one of those ones of, like, actually try and aim a little bit more for young that age bracket again when you're thinking of your sermons and doing stuff, because it's... You want to keep them in and you also want to keep using them and understanding them and them to understand you. And yeah, I just found it like that's one of the big misconceptions I find. Um, and we were talking earlier about this. There can be a sense that you have to be young to work with young people. Mm. So you must find a youth worker who's sort of early 20s, otherwise you won't have that connection. And you were saying that you felt that that was perhaps wrong, that actually there can be bridges yeah. between generations. There can be a big bridges between generations. Regardless of if you're 58 or 24 like me, you've got to have that like the youth in you. That's what I find in a youth worker. And I also find that, like, when I was younger, and that weren't long ago, but when I was younger, I found that actually the people that I was more confiding in was the people that were way older. Like, she's now a vicar now, and she's, I think, 53. I hope she don't mind me saying this, but she's 53 now, yeah? <laughs> and um, I see her every day, so it's all good. <laughs> um, she's 53, and the thing I'm finding is actually she's the one that I confided in when I was younger, and she worked with someone. And those two were the people that I loved hanging around with because they were just so eventful and fruitful and exciting in their actual life that they were like, yeah. And they made yourself interested in you rather than, and you're the young person, you need someone that's going to be interested in the young person more than they are interested in themselves. So, yeah, that's what I found. Fantastic. Thank you. <laughs> um, so I just really want to thank the panel. Thanks so much for giving up your time um, and for all that you're doing for young people in the church. It's really important. So thank you so much. <laughs>
Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Church Times podcast. You can find more news, analysis, comment and book reviews on our website, churchtimes.co.uk. If you are not yet a subscriber to the Church Times, you can try your first 10 issues for just £10. You'll get the paper delivered to your door every Friday, plus full access to our website and digital archive. Go to churchtimes.co.uk forward slash subscribe to find out more. The music for this podcast was provided by Sought After Sounds. Tune in next Friday for the next episode. Thank you.